Hey everybody, just wanted to let you know that the book Provoked by Juan Galloway is now available for pre-order. Provoked tells you how to love people relentlessly and do beautiful works that make you and others come alive. You can pre-order the book today at newyorkcityrelief.org slash provoked. If you do pre-order today, we will email you chapter one of the book. Half the proceeds go to help our friends who are struggling with homelessness, so help us out and pre-order today. Once again, www.newyorkcityrelief.org slash provoked. Thanks. In a world that needs something to read, that will lead them into bold new horizons, a new book emerges. Provoke. How to love people relentlessly, doing beautiful works that make you and others come alive by Juan Galloway. It's a book so daring that it demands to have its own podcast. Hosted by Juan Galloway, President and CEO, and Alec Goebel, Outreach Leader of New York City Relief, a mobile outreach to people experiencing homelessness. Turn up the volume, open your mind, and prepare to be provoked. provoked. Yes, we're back with Provoked the Podcast. And action. With Juan Galloway and... Alec Goebel. Yes, but I knew you when I met you as Craig. That's right. 30 years ago. That's right. And uh, as a skater, as a wild guy, punk, punk guy. And um, and the funny thing was, I knew you as Craig for years, and then you got married. And of course, when you got married, you had to start using your real legal name, like paychecks and marriage licenses. Right, and getting All a real job. All of a sudden, job. I found out this guy's name is Alec. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never went to, you know, to any legal lengths to have right. that changed. Right. And so, you know, when it came down to it, it was just easier to pull out the same old social security card and give that to the employer. And, and your middle name was Craig. So it was, was your name. It's just, you're yeah, going by your Craig middle name. Craig is my middle name. So now we work together. Not danger as most assume. <laughs> danger is your middle name. You work for New York city relief. So, um, yeah. And so of course everybody we work with knows you as Alec, but I still like yeah. to call you Craig because it's like nostalgic or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's I like, just... I like just seeing how they, how, you know, confusion. Yeah, I love the confusion. So now later in life, this was when we were very young. I was, um, what is it? Uh, 18 when I met you. So later in life, I changed my name because no name is more confusing than Juan Galloway. Believe me, it just confuses everybody, Hispanic, Caucasian. They don't know what to think of it. (laughs) And so I decided to change my name because I was traveling and preaching and playing music in Sacramento, California. This is much later in life. And I was phone calling, like cold calling churches, you know, and saying, hey, I'd like to come and speak. I'd like to come preach and sing music. I'd written all these songs. And I thought, if I say my name's Juan Galloway, they're going to think, oh, is it Spanish music? You know, it was confusing. It didn't fit the paradigm. And also, people got my name and they get my name wrong all the time. Because when I'm on the phone, they're like, Ron, Warren, Gene, John, I've heard, Warren, I've heard all of these names. Warren. Not only that, I got, I've gotten mail mm-hmm. to me with one of these names. So I was like, I have to come up with a name that sounds, it's easy to pronounce. You can hear it over the phone and maybe they'll remember it because it's different. So I named myself Logan Galloway for a while. That's hard to confuse with something else, I think. 
Exactly. Yeah. So now people hear that and they're like, oh, like Wolverine. I was like, no, it, it wasn't a thing back then. There was no Wolverine <laughs> movies. I don't know. It's a pretty popular uh, Marvel character. That's Wolverine. that's true. And I was One a comic book kid, but I was yeah. I didn't have that in mind. So we both had like false identities, I guess. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Alias. Or aliases. Yes. Yeah. You know, anyway, so we're sitting in my barn out here. It's chilly outside. And um, we're in, in the barn. All over the walls are like memorabilia from our past, including our band. There's flyers up on the wall that you literally drew by hand. It's the most and, awesome thing. Yeah, so all the I, memorabilia. Yeah, I love the memorabilia because it brings back by. it brings back so many fond memories of funny things that we did. Anyway, so um, this so we are on chapter two of provoked. That's what yes. we're here to talk about. More funny times ahead. Yeah. So provoked, uh, of course, is uh, a book. The subtitle is. How to love people relentlessly and do beautiful works that make you and others come alive. Now, chapter two is is uh, titled "Log Jam of Love," because we're provoked to love. I kind of set that up in chapter one, but then chapter two is what's getting right. in the way. You know, I grew up a very fearful kid. Did you? Did you grow up like a nervous kid too? Or I did in a lot of ways. I actually, when I when I read. Um, I read one of the ways in your book that you had described how you felt yeah. and I actually made a note there that I could really relate to that. So mm. a lot of what you described was exactly the way that I've, that I felt. And, um, unfortunately in a lot of ways that that type of fear and insecurity stayed with me for years. Um, me too. even as a believer. Yep. Me too. Well, and I think, I just think it's so common, um, everywhere. You know, we, we work a lot, right, with people who are living on the streets and there's a lot of fear there yeah. and insecurity and low self-esteem. Or, But people like us in the suburbs or whatever, we're dealing with the same issues, Christians, non-Christians, whatever. And, um, you know, in the, in the book, it starts off in chapter two with a story about Josiah Haken, our vice president of outreach. Right. And uh, he's talking to a guy on the street. Deepu. Vice President of Outreach. That's right, Vipu. Yeah, and um, he's talking to this guy who's like, I'm just a bleep up, you know, like, <laughs> and, and Josiah just said, man, we're all that way. We're all, you know, yeah, fouled up, <laughs> put it that way. And we all need Jesus. And That's he just right. broke it down. And that guy opened up his life to the Lord and they prayed together. It was like powerful. And he thought, he had this fear that God wouldn't want me. I'm no good. I'm a failure. I'm flawed. All those things. Um, and I think that's still an issue, you know, with everyone, uh, it's like, it's like God wants to pour in his love on our lives, but he can't because we kind of hold, we kind of keep him at arm's length. Like, Oh no, you wouldn't want me. And so we can't receive it. You know what I mean? Like the love that's going to set us free. That's going to make us come alive. Yeah. I, I actually, I think I see that, uh, not, not, I think I know that I see that in the faces too, Mm -hmm. of our friends who are on the street, who are experiencing homelessness. Yesterday, I had the privilege to take a woman to the rescue mission, and she spoke uh, predominantly Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one, of, one of our outreach leaders, Sebastian, he had come along with me because he speaks fluent Spanish. You know? So he had a conversation with her, and he let me know later on. He said, he said that she, she opened up to him a little bit and talked, and she said that she really just feels 
like the scum of the earth. Like mm. she just feels so low. Mm. And that just really struck a chord in my heart, you know, like the, those things, um, you know, that kind of, that kind of insecurity, that kind of fear, um, just feeling like you're not accepted, um, like you never can be accepted mm-hmm. really does a lot to separate you, you know, but it drives home to me, um, on a personal level, the importance that much more of, of, you know, what's going on out there, what we're doing out there on the streets. Yeah. And you know, I grew up very insecure. And so I felt like, oh, and my parents were like these big time leaders, like outgoing, larger than life. And so I would compare myself to them and be like, oh, well, I'm just like a, a gnat. You know, I am such a nervous, insecure. I just, I'm not like them. I'm not this great leader. I, I'm, you know, what could I do? That kind of thing. And you know, I wrote in my book that one of the major obstacles to being able to grow as a lover, as someone who can love other people well and change their lives and, you know, just be there for people is we're so, I was shut down. It's like, um, fear shut down my ability to receive God's love and see myself the way he mm-hmm. saw me, like with yeah. potential, you know, and abilities and all that. I couldn't see myself that way. And that was that's a very crushing feeling like, Oh, I'm, I'm not a popular. I'm not good at sports. I'm not that great a student. The girls aren't chasing me down the Picked hall. To last. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of that. I lived For that. Kickball. And so, yeah. And how many people have experienced that and have felt that at some time in their life, you know? So anyway, yeah. that's what most of the chapter is about is about fear. Um, everybody, a lot of people know the acronym false evidence appearing real, right? <laughs> faith, faith and fear are yeah. both ways we believe things that we can't see are going to come to pass. That is a true statement. Faith or fears. You believe you, something you can't see is going to come true. It's going to come to pass faith that God's going to have his way or fear that, you know, that, that something terrible is going to happen. Right. And we can live, you know, um, kind of programmed either way. It, it's like, um, someone, I read this fear is just faith in the devil. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it's not having faith in God. You're, you're going to have faith in something. Right. So if you're not going to believe God, who are you going to believe? Right? What yeah. is he whispering in our ears? You're Those no good. Those kind of lies that are... You're never going to be anything. Perpetrated People throughout don't like the world you. we live in. Yep. Like, all the... I've thought all of those things. Yeah. You know? We all still do sometimes, right? Like, I don't know if these people like me. But it's yeah. all that tape playing in our head that God wants to set us free from. Right. Absolutely. And unfortunately, a lot of the times are, you know, like you just said, that tape playing in our heads. It's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes we've heard one thing or have experienced, you know, rejection at some point in our lives. Right. And our mind just, our mind just has it on a feedback loop, you know. So literally, we're now reinforcing words or something that was spoken to us. And it may have only happened one time, but now we've, we've heard it a thousand times because of yeah, how we've that becomes the voice in our head and yeah. and here's the thing when we are so tied up in that like that's spinning in our head that's dictating our actions how i feel nervous what i'm going to do it 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 allows no energy for me to be well let me try this let me risk this let me go for it it's like no 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 it's like yeah. it shuts you down literally right. and so that's what god wants to set us free from yeah. i've also heard fear put this way worrying is praying to yourself Yes. I read that in the book. That was in, you yeah. had written that down. Yeah. I didn't, that's and not my quote. I, I just used heard to, that. 
I, I think you were quoting Bill Hoffman. Bill Hoffman correct? told me that exactly. And so whoop whoop, Bill Hoffman shout out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really liked that because I've thought of much more elaborate ways of trying to explain that before, yeah. and then he summed it up in that one statement, which you which you put in the book as well. It's praying to yourself, and I thought, wow, that is that is so much simpler, you know, than how I processed it when I actually finally figured out that principle, you know, in my own life. Yeah. So so easy to convey to other people. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, and here's the thing too: is I didn't like people because I was afraid of them. Yeah, I I had wanted the same thing. I mean, right. I was I felt like an outcast. Did you ever feel like that way? Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the reasons too that we probably gravitated toward punk rock music and, and each other. <laughs> you know, sort of the yeah. uh, what would you call it? It's sort of a fringe culture, you yeah. know. And uh, it just, you know, because you've got you've got this whole subculture that that embraces rejection, you know. And it's like, you know, we're gonna wear it on our sleeve and we're a gonna be proud of, of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a badge of honor. It's like we're hated, we're rejected, and. Yeah. You know, but how much more does the Lord love, you know, I mean, all of us, but, but I think he even has, and I'm not trying to say that God shows favoritism. I'm, that's not it. But, uh, you know, almost like in the word, it says like how he is close to the fatherless, you know, that type of thing. Close to the brokenhearted. And the yeah. brokenhearted. Yeah. I mean, I really think that, that God has a, a special provision in his love for those who are, who've experienced so much rejection you know, and, and are bound up in fear as a result. And that fear that, that is so debilitating, it's so, it's so contrary to how our Father thinks about us and what they're saying about us in heaven, right? Right. If you wanna, if you wanna get real about it, like, you know, what our Father has designed us to be, what he's architected us to be well, is. And Jesus is praying know. for us in heaven. Like, I think about that sometimes, I'm like, wow. Yeah, kind of blows Jesus your mind, right? Jesus is praying for me. <laughs> I'm just like, what? What am I going to worry yeah. about in that scenario? Right, and for you to for you, you know, I'm sure that one of the, one of uh, one of his prayers is that we're going to come into the fullness of the creation of the Father. Like, like what has He created us to be? And I think that as we step out and you know we embrace faith over fear, yeah, then what we're doing is we're giving Him space to manifest that in our lives, you know, and to really transform us and the manifest from that fear mentality. And the manifestation is love for others. I mean, that's the, right. in a nutshell, that's it. That's what we're here for. That's what it's all about. That's what Jesus lived out. And this guy who, um, he's a famous author named, uh, Ellie, uh, Wiesel. He actually, he survived the Holocaust and he wrote about it and it was just a very powerful Jewish writer. And he wow. wrote the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. And so, you know, growing up, I didn't like people. I was nervous around people and I didn't hate them. But you know what? The opposite of love isn't hate. It's indifference. It's like I didn't care about them. I couldn't care about them because I was so tied up in bondage to fear. But then God began to set me free. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. now I can love people. I can go, I can become close to people who are very different than me. Because he set me free from all that garbage from the past and that tape running in my head. Right. And so now I, know I can make a difference. I can love people. You know what I mean? This is, this is something you'd put, by sharing others' pain, we actually enter into the deepest place of meaning. The deepest place of meaning is also the deepest place of healing. As we extend ourselves to the broken, and I think that's the point that I was actually trying to get to, as we extend 
ourselves to the broken, we extend ourselves to Jesus, the healer himself. So one of those ways of overcoming fear Mm -hmm. is actually stepping out. And it all makes sense when you really break it down because um, having the fear, you know, that loop running in your mind, it really is ultimately, even though it feels, it feels in a way as we exist in the world, it feels like it's something that, um, it, it feels like we're sort of disadvantaged you know, um, by others, right. In a, in a certain way, but really what it is, is a hyper focus on ourself. So it's, it's kind of a self-indulgent thing if you really want to break it down and to be honest. And so in order to actually be become healed, to receive the healing, it's like, we really have to take that fear and lay it at the feet of Jesus. And how does he call us to do that? By going out and loving others, as you said, love being the key, you know, getting out and loving others, ministering, to the broken, listening to what's going on in their lives, you know, and oftentimes when we hear what's happening for our friends out there who are on the streets, our friends who are um, dealing with with a lot of pain and a lot of oppression, you know, all of a sudden the things that the the insecurities that we've been living with, they they seem so small, so much Mm. smaller at that time, you know, and so you encounter Jesus in that process and he's using you know, this was the Lord's plan all along, right? Yeah. He's using this to bring healing to our own hearts, to actually build this up to yeah. be what we were created to be yeah. in the first place. So what a, I mean, what a, a crazy dynamic <laughs> that God would choose this method yeah, to bring us so much closer to him. And it's a lot cheaper than therapy. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm for therapy, you know, just for the record, Christian counseling, I've gotten a lot of it. It Not helped me, thing. but also getting outside of myself and doing things that scared me for God. I mean, um, the thing that I think of the most is, uh, one of the major breakthroughs in my life. I was a youth pastor and I had this opportunity to go to Mexico on a mission trip. Here's, here's how self-centered I was to your point. Okay. I never wanted to leave America. Why? I've got it all here. Right. I've got, what do we lack? Nothing really. I've got Taco Bell. I've got the mall. I've got the movie. I was like, me, me, me. I was a selfish kid, right? But then I I felt God moving in my life and I wanted Jesus so much. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to go to Mexico and be uncomfortable. I was sleeping on a concrete floor in a church and go out and help the poor and help these kids and do something for God. And it set me free. Like they even offered during that mission trip, would you like to speak at this church? I was like, no, I was terrified. (laughs) No, no, I don't want to do it. My friend did it. You know, I was great. You do it. But what happened was Craig is like at the end of the trip, we went to San Diego, like we're coming back from Mexico and they had a service, like kind of a conclusion to the, the week of serving God. And somebody was speaking that night and they, at the very end, they said, um, if anybody wants prayer, come up. Well, I was one of the leaders. Like it was probably for the kids, the teens. I was a youth pastor. I ran to the front and I just fell down on the altar and I wept and something broke in my heart. That fear that was that Mm. the chains. I was there. This is weird. This is the weird part. I was there for about four or five hours. Like I was at the altar. Everybody's getting prayed for. People are praying for me. Snot's running out my nose. I mean, I'm weeping, bawling, like ugly crying but it felt good. Like I felt amazing because like the Holy spirit is healing me of all that fear that had been like a crushing weight. He just Mm. pulled it off of me. And so the service is over. Everybody goes to bed. I'm still on the stage. 
Wow. Praying <laughs> till like the middle of the night. I start pacing and I'm just praying. I'm praying in, in tongues. I'm praying in English. I'm just like, I felt God's presence so strong. I was like, I don't want to leave this place. This is what I came to Mexico for. It was like, so I could be with you, God. So you could have all of me. And the fear was broken. Now I've been all over the world. After that, I was like, I want to go do missions. You know, I, I was terrified. Yeah. I didn't like it. I thought, ah, I don't want to, our country's the best. I just want to stay here where it's nice. All that garbage to, to going to, I went to, you know, Mexico again, multiple times, led huge teams. Now I'm, you know, now I'm not scared anymore. I ended up going later in life to Uganda, Ethiopia, Colombia. I've been to the Philippines. I've been to Finland, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. I'd have done missions to all those places. Maybe World I forgot traveler. one. traveler. Yeah, but... I mean, I went from this person who's terrified yeah. to leading the charge and taking people so that they could overcome all their fears and insecurities yeah. and meet God, you know, on the mission field. So that's why I think I wrote this book is like, God is like, talk about a transformation in my life. And you have too. Oh yeah. I mean, you've done all kinds of things for God that have like made you just like glow like a Roman candle. <laughs> well, and it's, I'm, I'm privileged now to be in a place where that's, you know, that's kind of like the daily thing, right? You know, mm. I mean, working with New York City Relief gets me in a position to do that all the time. And <clears throat> that's, I, for myself, I don't consider that it, this is because I've arrived in a way, you know, right. like, hey, you know, I, this, is, this is all still part of God's process in me. You know, for years I did not go into ministry, um, which you did, you know. So I think that um, there were things that, um, I think there were things that, that, I really deferred, you know, like a lot of the work that God would have chosen to do in me, I think. And I don't sit and dwell on the past now. Right. I'm more concerned with where I'm at and moving forward into the future he has for me. But like yourself, and you, you know, you explained that time when something just broke, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, before I came out here to work with New York City Relief, um, I had gone to... You were in California. I was in California, yep. Yeah. And I had gone to the... Best coast. Yeah, <laughs> West coast, best coast. <laughs> I'd gone to uh, the Jesus Culture Church that was fairly new in the, the Northern California area. Mm -hmm. um, not, the, not the Reading Church Bethel, but, but Bethel Church had planted a Jesus Culture Church in the Folsom, Sacramento area. And I went there, and I went there like one night, kind of purposefully looking for prayer as I was preparing to come out to join New York City Relief and I still needed some breakthroughs and a young man prayed for me and they've you know the prayer it's it's, it's great like the spirit really moves there you know and one of the things he said is he said I, I, I see this box you know and and God is like breaking the lock like he's broken the lock off and now he's breaking this box down. He's like completely destroying and obliterating it. And this, this is like, you know, what he's telling me is that this is like a box that I've been locked into and God is setting me free. And that couldn't be more true as I've come out here and now for almost three years been on staff mm -hmm. and serving people on the streets on an almost daily basis mm -hmm. is how the Lord has used that to really set me free, you know, That's awesome. and so that I can do these things, you know, so even as you're telling me like great things are happening, I'm, I'm you know, it, it's really just the work that the Lord is doing in me. And, mm -hmm. and it's a lot of the same thing, setting me free from fear. And in fact, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to read one sentence uh, that you wrote in, in your book. 
And the sentence is, giving, giving breaks the ruthless cycle of self-indulgence. And so when you talked about how we have everything here, mm -hmm. we kind of have this luxury of being self-indulgent, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like for us to begin to love, to give of ourselves, to spend ourselves on behalf of those who are hungry, those who are oppressed, those who the Lord loves, you know, it breaks the ruthless cycle of self-indulgence. And I like how you worded that <laughs> ruthless cycle because it is a ruthless cycle. Right. It's, you know, when you're in that state, one of the worst things is you don't actually realize that's what you're doing, right? right. So whatever has you, you know, the fear, the insecurity, it just, it just hangs on, you know, yeah. it hangs on and it grips even tighter mm -hmm. and you focus more on yourself and your own needs. Right. And it really is a ruthless cycle and you never really get out and you never really experience the fullness of what God has for you. And so in my, in my thinking, you're really sort of just a, um, kind of just a shadow of what he really intended for you to be. You know, does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and I believe this, if the enemy can't cause us to turn away from God, you know, like mm. backslide or whatever, right. then he'll just try give to get salvation. it. He'll just try to get us to live the smallest, most tame life possible. Right. The most ineffectual, spiritual, yeah. you know, make our light like, like a little ember. Right. So we can't enjoy God fully. So mm. others can't enjoy God fully, obviously. Right. And to just shut us down as Christians so that we're in bondage. And people never get to see or experience you, you know, the what you are really yeah. meant to be. And yeah. you don't see the value in yourself as what you actually have to offer the world out there. So it reminds me of that verse um, I quote in the book, First John four sixteen. It says, um, God is love. Whoever lives in God lives in love and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. Well, that sounds good. So that we'll have confidence on the day of judgment. All right. How has that happened? How is it made complete? Well, in this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. That's an aggressive, That's right. violent, like when you drive right, something not, out. Not how we think of love usually as like. Yeah. Violent super love. Weapon, you know, yeah. Yeah. Weapon. God's love is just so it's like, it's like the uh, full blast. Yeah. You know, it just like. It's like darkness can't be like, no, no, I, I'm going to stay anywhere. No, no. It's just if you flip the light switch yeah. on, the darkness isn't like clouding around the light bulbs. It's gone. Right. It's eradicated. It cannot push back. It's literally lights, light. literally light speed. Right. Uh, <laughs> it yeah. happens. And so by by stepping out in faith, saying, I'm going to love you, God, even though I'm nervous, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. I'm not enough. All that stuff. We take a step of faith anyway. And that's when fear is destroyed because our love for God overwhelms our fear of change or our fear of failure or our fear of loss or whatever fear, right. fear of looking like an idiot, all those things. Yeah. And so it's like, Hey, I'm a fool for Christ. If I look like an idiot, Oh, well, I've got to follow Jesus. Nothing else matters than that. That's what I know that's is right. the key to everything. Yeah, absolutely. I got in a soapbox there. I'm sorry. No, that's all preaching. right. I was good. I was, I was reflecting. I was thinking about, um, yeah, I, I was actually thinking about how on the streets a lot of the time, um, and, and our staff talks about this, but it, you know, you, when we're standing there right in the middle of the sidewalk praying for somebody, you know, just ministering to them, loving them as the Lord would have us do. But other people kind of are walking by and they're just giving us these stares, you know. Some people are wondering what's going on. Some people have this kind of like this look of, uh, what would you call it? It's like annoyance, you know. Yeah. 
but it's uh there's like some condescension in there somewhere you know there's sort of like you know like this is ridiculous you know can they and so uh it's interesting but that's you know i think it was when you were saying like being a fool for christ you know but i will say that at the time that at the time that you take that step of faith right and um because you mentioned that yeah i think that you know once once we kind of reconcile with the fact that uh it's it's easy you know once we recognize what our fear is um you know and and we kind of recognize that that is a type or can be a type of like self-indulgence you know like where we are actually we're actually allowing ourselves to be held back for our own comfort you know and we're being disobedient too right it's like um hebrews 12 it says let love uh for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice like he's not giving us options like yeah well i know you're shy so you don't have to go out and love anybody or you don't have to risk anything no 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 this is what it means to follow jesus you yeah. lay down your life like jesus laid down his life for us but for other people you know not necessarily just homeless people and poor people Whoever's hurting, whoever's broken, right. whoever's needy around us, and that's I mean everywhere. Yeah, is we've got brokenness to, everywhere. And we've got to look through at those different eyes instead of fear, looking through faith like, God, how can you use me to love my neighbor? You know what I mean? And get into yeah. their lives and let them into my real life, not my fake life or my right. <laughs> super spiritual life. Or It's like, yeah. no, no, just the real me. Yeah, and you talk about the risk of that too, yeah. you know, letting people in. But um, to... You know, I, I, I think that kind of what you talked about right there, which is asking God, how can I do this, mm-hmm. is really key. Um, because first of all, you know, God has created everybody different, right? And everybody has different giftings, different personalities. And yet, like you said, we're supposed to get out there and love. We're supposed to get out there and serve. These are non-negotiables, right? We're commanded to love one another. Right. And uh, so asking him, you know, how can I do this? And I think that the Lord really respects a willing heart. So if you really willingly ask him, like, God, how can I do this? And you're transparent and honest with him because, you know, if you tell him, like, because I don't feel like I can, I feel like I'm too shy. I feel like I, I can't talk to people. I don't know what to say to people. Right. I don't know how to do this. Be real with him um, because he's already got the solution in everything. And then once you've asked him, just look for the, the opportunities that he puts in front of you. It might seem small at first, but it might just be a way to yeah. encourage somebody. Take a step. It might even be, and I, I tell this to volunteers as well, you know, um, all the time because, you know, I can see they come, um, some volunteers we have that have come two or three times, and, and so, you know, they're veterans, right, of, of, of street ministry now. They get out there with the bus, they're ready yeah. to go, but they're always bringing some people who are new as well in a group, right. and so I can kind of see it in their eyes. Some people are a little nervous about getting out on the streets, sure, sure. and I don't blame them. I've yeah. felt that way before. Yeah, Sometimes I too. still feel that way. Me too. You know, and yeah. but it's but it's just that recognition that you know what, just just take that step. So now you've basically said yes to an opportunity the Lord has put in front of you. Now just see what He does. Let Him worry about how you're going to be effective out there. You know, now that you've said yes. Just go with a willing heart, willing to love, you know. And if you can't think of the right words to say to somebody, you know, look them in the eye and smile at them, you know. Yeah, and listen. Yeah, and just L- listen. listening is just as powerful as talking, or maybe more powerful. Maybe more, sometimes. yeah, huge. Yeah, I there's this verse in again in Hebrews, I think it's thirteen. It says, for those of us who are nervous, like you and me, growing up and in self, you know, conscious, low self esteem, yeah. feel like the outcast, the outsider. Here's what God says. 
So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. In other words, God's on my side. I will not be seized with alarm. I, in other words, I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? That's the Amplified Bible. So they're throwing in a lot of like, they're fleshing <laughs> it out. Yeah. But that's how I felt. I mean, this is a, a literal description. But then I'm like, well, wait a second. God's on my side. I've got to go for it. I've only got one life. I can't just hold back. There's yeah. a fire in my bones. I got to let it out. Am I nervous? Yes. Do I know what I'm doing? No. And that, I, what I just said, that covers everything I've ever done in my life. You know, including running New York City Relief, <laughs> yep. starting, you know, uh, being a youth pastor. I was terrified. Didn't know what Church I was doing. Planting. Every Everything, man. Starting I did the it. school. Yep. Yeah. So many things I've done. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how. I was scared. I thought I might fail. And not everything I've done has been awesome and great. You know, maybe some things went good. Some things that kind of fell flat. So what? I'm walking with God. Yeah. This is how it is, right? I'm just going to do my best show up and let the Holy spirit do the rest of the work and give me wisdom to make good decisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but I feel like this, this whole chapter is the log jam. What is the log jam in the listener's life right now? Whoever's listening to us, what is the fear? Is it a fear of loss? Is it a fear of failure? Uh, fear of looking foolish, a fear, whatever fear of commitment, even fear of yeah. commitment like oh no if i do that then i'm not gonna have any time for me or whatever right you know it's all lies every fear is a lie period yeah. you know well, i think some people think too and, and i get it i mean but but some people feel like okay you know um i've been seeing this guy on the streets and i'm pretty sure he's homeless and i've been passing him every day and i haven't said anything you know and there's a fear in there that like what if i actually start to communicate with this guy you know, and we develop a little bit of a rapport here. What yeah. is that going to require of me? What am I going to have to spend? Is this guy going to want to come home with me? Right. You know? <laughs> and you is know, is this going to take over my entire life? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something. Uh, you know, let God handle those details. Because yeah. if you're seeing somebody like that, and there's something uh, you're noticing, then I would suggest that's the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, mm-hmm. and uh, and refuse. Refuse to worry about all the details. Let God yeah. handle those yeah, details. Yeah, just engage in the moment with the person. In the moment. Not figuring out and and, and knowing I don't have the answer to all the problems, whether it's my coworker or That's a right. guy on the street. I, I so I don't have to come up with all the answers for them. They're like, Well, I need this and that and the other. They're like, gosh, I don't I don't know how to solve all those. Yeah. But I care. And I'm I'm I wanna journey with you. I wanna maybe I could pray for you and I could think exactly. about it. Maybe there's a way I could help. You know, it's just yeah. bringing a cup of coffee is an easy thing to do. Just start where you can. Because we spend a lot on, you know, on ourselves for coffee. Typically, those <laughs> of us point. who like coffee. Good point. That's a great yeah. point. Well, um, we got to wrap this episode up. It's been really good, really fun. Um, but you know, there's more to come. Yeah. More good stuff. Looking uh, forward to any it. parting words, any parting thoughts. Nothing off the top of my head. Just uh, love right? Love unreservedly. Perfect love drives out fear. Take that step forward. You know, just look for the opportunity that God has put in front of you and Mm. um, just take a step, just a small step toward that. All the while, just, just asking him, you know, to fill you with his love. So when he does, as you said, it casts out fear, you know, and we win. Yeah. And don't worry about being super street minister. That's just, right. Just be whoever you are, yeah. wherever you are. Um, 
you know, who your personality, your temperament. Exactly. It's valuable and it's powerful in the kingdom of God if we just relinquish it. Right. And God understands exactly who you are. So whatever you invest in him, he will yield great returns. And that's coming from an introvert. And now I get up and speak in front of big crowds and I talk to lots of people on the streets. You do. You talk to people (laughs) on the streets. I'm reading a book right now called Introverts in the Church. It's really good. It's just about, hey, we're here. Hey, we have these challenges, but you know what? God will use us powerfully. That's basically the book in a nutshell. And I'm like, it helps me to process like how I think and how I feel and stuff. And I'm like, this is good stuff. You know, That's awesome. Yeah, so whoever you are out there and whatever your personality type or your education or whatever, yada, 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 God wants to use you. So let him break up the log jam so the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. can flow, the power of God, the love of God can come through you um, and impact people around you. So this is this is the uh, Provoked Podcast. It's been fun. Craig, thank you. Absolutely, anytime. And uh, next time... Privileged to be here. Yeah, listen next week. It's going to be chapter three, Provoked to Intimacy. Uh-huh. Ooh, even more scary. Ooh, yes. <laughs> so we're going to do that next time. Thing. All right, so stay tuned. See you next time. See ya. See ya.